Welcome to It Just Makes Sense, a podcast by two easily distracted, higher educated former lovers that explores all of the unpopular opinions, conspiracy theories, and cult leaders that make you want to scream, It, it Just, just Makes sense. sense. I'm Sam Smith. And I'm Jeff Seifert. And this week, we're talking about the death of Marta Erblinger. Who? Yeah, I know, right? This is going to be a tough one because I don't know why I do this to myself. It's a case based in Paris, France. Do you remember? Oh my Princess god, Diana's you are going when I to can't pronounce anything. Fuck up! Everything. I'm going to fuck up everything. It's like her name is really like Herbalinger. <laughs> I can't say it, so it's Herbalinger. <laughs> I'm just going to put it out there. I'm not good with foreign languages. You're going to give her like a Midwestern yeah, slang for sure. A little buffalo, a hard accent. buffalo <laughs> accent. <laughs> oh my god! How was your new year? Oh, so far, so good. Yeah, I won my thanks. fantasy football league. I know all of you are shocked. A homosexual won a fantasy league. <laughs> Guess what, guys? My team's name. I was about to ask that. What's your team name? Jeff's tight end. <laughs> I can't. Good one, right? Well, the first time I heard about fantasy football, like six years ago, and I started dating Cameron or whatever, eight years ago, I thought it was like you could pick your favorite people ever, and then like... You played almost like fantasy, uh, like a video game or something. So I was like, oh, for sure, Jim Kelly. For sure, Thurman <laughs> Thomas. For sure. And he's like, well, I don't. I mean, what, for someone who's not a real it? big sports fan, I don't think that's too much of a stretch. No. Like, I, fantasy football. I don't know. I thought it was like Dungeons and Dragons yeah, or something. Yeah, you were like, probably thinking like, your own thing. like video game yeah, or something like for that. For sure. Yeah. I was like, I mean, eh. that's not terrible. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. I mean, that's a lot for you. I know. Honestly. And then I started rolling my eyes. He always tries to teach me about it. And I'm like, I don't care. I don't care. What did you do for New Year's Eve? Went to um, a bonfire at a friend's house. There's four of us. A bonfire? Yeah. Wow. I know. COVID friendly. We stayed outside. Yeah, that's right. I'm assuming yeah. if it's a bonfire, it's not going to be inside. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. We stuff. had um, chicken finger mac and cheese. It was mm, so good. But gotta you know get me. that in before okay. the strike of 12. I know. Honestly, I did. But you know me. I don't really eat like heavy dairy that much. I never eat pasta. I thought my insides were dying. You probably were about gonna, two days. You, Yeah. You probably going to shake your pants. Didn't you? Oh, it was awful. Well, we don't have to get into that because our <laughs> dear listeners do not care. If you do, what did you do for New Year? Hit me up in the DMs. Uh, <laughs> just had dinner with a friend. Yeah. Nothing too exciting. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I know. Nothing COVID-friendly really. New Year's Eve dinner. Yeah. And then I was, we were asleep before like 11 o'clock, so. Mm. We were you wild. were? We were wild. Wild. <laughs> You're too funny. So, okay. This case. Picture it. 1907. Sicily. I know, right? 1922. <laughs> 1907. Paris, France. The current president of France was attempting to abolish the death penalty. So oh, that was wow. Like How progressive. Okay. 1907. Listen, this case is kind of wild because it's very much about the death penalty and it's very much about how the first showings or instances of mass media controlling the government. People's popular opinion like Just, how? Okay. Using the radio? The newspaper. <laughs> oh. It was wild. So that's kind of why I was like got more and more interested in this case. Okay. So during this time, while they were trying to abolish a death penalty, a young girl went missing, Marta Erblinger. She went missing on January 30th of 1907. The last time the girl was seen was with a family friend, Albert Sololand. I can't say his name. 
Albert. I'm calling him Albert. This is going to be so good. His name's Albert. Why you do this to yourself is beyond me. So anyways, Albert took Marta, because she was, they were like family friends, to, and she was an 11-year-old girl. He took her to a musical show called The Bataclan. Weird that he's an older man taking like an 11-year-old girl to a musical show. You don't think that's weird? Well, define older. Do you have his age? I think he was like in his 40s. Oh, that is old. Because but like, I guess if you're a family friend, I don't know. Yeah, but life expectancy back then, and plus it was a lot different too. Like, yeah, men could wear, marry young girls. Yeah, true. Ugh. Okay. So, anyways, once she was missing, when they questioned the whereabouts of the child to Albert, he claims that she had gone to the bathroom and never returned to her seat. Oh, he just never thought to look he for her. He just, like, went yeah. home, never told the family, never reported her missing. Oh, that makes sense. Just was like, oh, she never came back. So I just figured she hitched a ride home with a friend in their horse and carriage. At 11. That's <laughs> fine. It seemed a little suspicious. It sounds suspicious to me. So despite efforts by the city police to find the young girl, their searches were coming up empty. This was such a riveting news story that throughout Paris... Because for some time, no one knew what had become of the girl. So the newspapers, it almost like went viral. So every day people were looking for stories about what happened to this girl in the press. Okay. The newspapers were giving updates every single day about the whereabouts of the girl, which is kind of wild. Like every day. So in order to keep the public reading the papers, the news reports had to come up with their own theories of what had happened to Marta. Did she run away? Was she kidnapped? Was she put into white slavery? Like, no one knew what had happened to her. So they were kind of, like, coming up with their own conspiracy theories. So this was, like, the birth of the National Enquirer? Yeah, right. (laughs) Many of the reports featured Albert because his version of the story just seems super suspect. They were like, it doesn't make sense. What is this guy talking about? They were reporting that it was bizarre that he was so, like, laissez-faire about the girl not returning from the bathroom. Way to just slide that. I know. Did you like it? It was not included in the document. (laughs) Beautiful. Beautiful. So proud of you. (laughs) I was like, ooh. (laughs) Let me show the world that I'm cultured. (laughs) So, <laughs> and no one at the music hall had any remembrance of seeing Albert or the girl being at the show. To me, that's not suspicious. Because, like, how many people were at the show? Do you remember every single face that comes in to, like, a movie theater or, like, a live oh, show? No. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. to me, not them not remembering them being there is, like, whatever. And, yeah, especially, like, if they're just random nondescript people. Like, if right. just a white guy. Like, yeah. Like, just like whatever. whatever. Yeah. But the police and reporters didn't think his story rang true, but they had nothing to arrest him on. But the police didn't give up. They questioned him on and off for a week until he confesses. Well, I mean, you know how we trust the police. People make false confessions all the time. Okay, well, in this case, it was not false. Okay. So (laughs) he confessed to killing Marta Erbling, and he said he took the girl from her house in the ruse of going to the music hall. But since his wife was not home, he took her back to the apartment and in a momentary lapse of judgment, killed the girl. Okay. What? Yeah. Just a moment. Oh, whoops. I lost my mind and decided to kill an 11-year-old girl. Just accidentally slipped with a knife into your body. Good one, Al. Yeah. Real. Right? As for the body, he left it at a refrigerated butcher depository box. I don't know what that is, but apparently in 1907 it was a thing. Okay. The police went right to the depository box and found her entire body still intact in the refrigerator. How did he kill her? Well, you'll come to find out. An autopsy was conducted, and it contradicted pretty much everything he had told the police. 
The girl had been raped and stabbed to death. Whoa. So the newspapers reported this in horrific detail, which I find wild. I don't think it's wild at all. Really? No. I think they still do it now. I mean, they don't publish pictures, but they still like put the gory details of stuff in articles. Like in the Buffalo News, you think? Or like in, I guess. I mean... Like, you wouldn't find the gory details in, like, the Hamburg Sun, the <laughs> local newspaper, which is, like, what this was. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I guess. I don't know. Okay, At fine. that time, 19 or something. Anyways. He was penned a monster who had taken advantage of the Erblinger's friendship to get to his one true want, their daughter, whom Sick. he had known since birth. People identified strongly with the family and wanted to see justice served. They wanted the death penalty. They screamed, shame, shame, give him death. Off of his head? Guillotine style? Yes. Yes. So over a week, the reporters fed the public with emotions. They interviewed the family, the mother, the wife of Albert. And it was one of the first cases where the reporters were kind of running the case, where they were finding out that if, like, police were finding any leads or tips even to, like, Albert's motives or what was happening, the press would arrive. Like, the police would get there, and there'd already be four to five reporters already there interviewing their potential lead. Sounds like they had a, a mole. Um, that's what I was thinking. Like, how did they in know? In the police office. Yeah. So the newspapers then reported on Marta's funeral. Over 50,000 people showed up to her funeral. Wow. It was I a hope, great public display I of emotion. I hope to get just a tenth of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting no one. It's fine. <laughs> and the crowd followed the coffin to the church to show solidarity against the monster Albert Solo Lance. Albert. Al. Al. (laughs) Fucking French Al. So the day after the funeral, interest in the case started to die down. But this wasn't good for the reporter's newspaper numbers. Sure wasn't. They had to do something. So they started to report that Albert was going to escape the guillotine, the death penalty, because of the new president. I had to put it out and, like, spell it out. (laughs) Follier. What does that mean? That's his name. President Follier. Huh. He was an abolitionist who didn't believe in the death penalty and was giving pardons to all those who had it. Did you Google him? Is he a hottie like the current French president? Emmanuel Macron? Okay, first of all, A, how do you know who the current president of France is? Who doesn't? How do you know that he's hot? Because I'm into world (laughs) politics and he's hot. But the story continued to die down until four months later at Albert's trial. Trial was reported with extreme precision and very methodo- meth. How do you say that word? Methodol. Method. What? <laughs> Methodically? Yeah, that. Oh, Methodically. Gee. Sam, it is a Monday. You should not be hammered recording. I this. swear to God, I'm higher educated. <laughs> Um, except that here, Albert was already guilty before he was tried, and the court sentenced him to death. But the case was still unsettled. He could still get a pardon from the president. The public wanted him dead. What? Why would he be getting a pardon? Because the president was pardoning at this time anyone who received the death penalty because he didn't believe in it. He was an abolitionist. Yeah, but a pardon, like, he shouldn't be pardoned. He should be thrown in jail for life. I don't know. That's what... I think they just meant pardon from death. Like, they were still in jail, but they they didn't have to, they weren't going to die. Okay, I understand. After he was sentenced to death, two months later, the news broke. The president had pardoned him from the death penalty. He was still in jail, but he wasn't going to die. Okay, I understand. 
The city went fucking nuts. Good. They started to protest this and the demand for Albert's head and for the president to step down. The president's head? Yes. There was cartoons in the newspaper with the president handing over to Albert a young girl's body wrapped in a blanket to represent Marta. It was like wild for 1907. The entire popular press began campaigning for the death penalty and said it was the only deterrent that would hold people to justice. So during this time in Paris in 1907, it was going through their kind of their own golden age. They were embracing technology and embracing more of the life of leisure. But it also had troubles with frequent strikes and intense social conflicts. The major newspapers were running over 5,000 copies a day. And it was becoming a voice of the public and fighting for democracy. It was the first signs of newspaper becoming mass media in France. You don't say. So some papers then began pressing out over a million copies a day. And they were reporting. It it was the first time that they had like special features. And it was they only reported on crimes. So they would report on crimes like six to eight, six to eight crimes a day. And everyone was like reading and commenting on crime stories because they were all local crimes. If you think about it, it's not like they're talking about national crimes that occurred. Right. Because they're not going to, how could they hear about anything? How would they know? Yeah. So it was leading to this like high anxiety and fear amongst the citizens of Paris, France, because they were just reading about all these crimes happening. Whipping it up. Right. And there was like crime stories on robbings, muggings, death, and people were becoming terrified that France has become a citadel of crime. So the press was causing people to believe that crime was occurring everywhere and that law and order were unable to hold back the rising tides. According to newspapers, criminals were not punished enough, prisons were comfortable, and cops were too lenient. The prison that Albert was sent to, the newspapers reported, was like a tropical paradise in Ecuador and that prisoners were living the good life. Yeah. So in reality, these prisoners were sent to like tropical locations. Like he was sent to Ecuador. It was for like a work prison. And prisoners would refer to it as a dry guillotine. And half of the men sent there died within the first year. Because oh, they were wow. just sent to work. 18 hours a day, they're just working. Yeah, I believe that. Because back in the day, I, like, I remember being in Germany when they were talking about a lot of the their uh, German prisons were in Australia. Okay. Because it was so yeah. hot. Yeah. Yeah. The newspapers were reporting that these penal colonies were like heaven on earth. Like they were just going and having a life of leisure so in these tropical locations. fake news, if you will. Correct. <laughs> it's like crazy. So Look people, at all of the parallels. Yeah. So people were pissed a rapist and a murderer of a child was sent to a tropical vacation. They wanted the death sentence. So the public started petitioning. They sent hundreds of letters to authorities demanding the death penalty. Even women were sending letters. I love how they say, like, even women. Even like, women Like, how crazy that women could think Hilarious. Of and they were stating ways in which they thought he should die. Like, they should starve a bear for a few days and then send him into the same cage as him. Well, that sounds like a good time. castrate <laughs> him. I know, right? All these crazy things. So the entire case was a huge up- upending for France's history at this time because it was truly sparking a huge debate about the death penalty in general. In order to take monetary advantage of this debate, the Petit Parisian in October of 1907, which is a news, a huge newspaper in Paris, held a grand people's referendum on the death penalty. So it was kind of like they were um, having a competition and votes. Like, are you for the death penalty? Are you against it? And they coupled it with a competition with prizes to be won. Oh. And people loved it. <laughs> they wanted to see the results, and the newspaper made sure to note 
that whatever the outcome of this competition was, it was solely commercial and would not become law. So like whatever the people voted on would not become law. People voted for oh, the death penalty yeah, yeah, yeah. or against it. But the paper also pointed out that so politicians like would also listen to this vote. The origins of BuzzFeed yes. and like all that stuff. Right. So the How results cool. were crushing. <laughs> Over 1 million people voted for the death penalty. What? And only 328,692 were against it. Well, so this was the death penalty for him specifically or? In gen- to bring in, it back in, in France. In general? Oh, yes. okay. So the bill for the abolition of the death penalty of the death penalty was relooked at in November of 1908 due to this huge poll. vote, this huh. huge poll. The abolitionists who didn't want the death penalty had to fight hard. Justice had to be progressive and hope that one day the public opinion will come to terms with it and accept it, which is like so true, you know. This was not the opinion of the majority of the French parliament. So due to public outcries, on December 8th, 1908, they voted to keep capital punishment and in favor of the death penalty. Guillotines were immediately dusted off, and on January 11th, 1909, heads began to roll in northern France. Did French Al get his head cut off? Listen. This is all... This is going to drive you insane. What? There were seven executions in one month, when previously there hadn't been one since 1906. So they they? were dry for three years, and then they just went buck wild. What are they, the Trump administration? Seriously. When the master of the guillotine returned to work, which his name was Timber, he came back to a roaring and screaming crowd that was screaming, long live Timber, long live the guillotine. Uh isn't that crazy? That his name was Timber. That's also. Do you? Oh yeah, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> Chopping that wood. Right. Also, do you think that someone who is like the master guillotine is a psycho? Because how could you sit there all day long and just watch people's heads get cut off? Like lot. Well, I mean, it's but not at the all... time, it's like his job. Like it's, it's not all job. day long. It's no. Seven in a month. Yeah, but still, and yeah. I guess if it's like normal back in society. Like, do you think you could t- chop someone's head off and be okay? No. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, how... Well... well and I mean, how do you become the master guillotine? Yeah, I don't know. Could you do it? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you didn't even hesitate. You psycho. <laughs> Someone else told me to do it, so I might as well okay. kill him. I was thinking maybe because it's, like, normalized back then. It wasn't seen as such a big thing. Think about it. I was just, <laughs> this is nothing to really do with it, but it made me start to think about things that like seem so normal even just a year ago that we would think is crazy now. Like what? Like, okay, I was had this, I saw this meme on the internet that was like, just imagine a year ago we were putting three fingers into a bowling ball that was not sanitized, didn't wash our hands and use those same fingers to eat pizza and wings with. Oh yeah. How wild. Sick. Now it's like, don't even yeah. come near me. You know what Seriously. I mean? Seriously. Shaking hands with strangers. Yeah. yeah. Giving out hugs. Let's yeah, go back to that life. But like, don't yeah. hug me. No. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, the progressives in France were devastated. The murder by Albert set back humanity by years because they were like, how could we were being so progressive with getting rid of the death penalty. Now, all because of this murder case, we're set back so far. The murder of a child arouses emotions of an extreme kind and always uses up calls for the death penalty. And that's what happened here. Now, this is what I find wild. What? Let me have it. Albert never died by the death penalty. Seriously? 
Like, I almost threw my computer across the room, and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me with this documentary right now? Wait, the whole thing starts because of him, and then they don't chop his head off? I don't know if it's because he was pardoned, but at the same time, who were these other seven people in in January of 1909 that were killed? Yeah. You know what I mean? So... That is wild. It's unknown, right? But in September of 1912, he tried to strangle a young convict in the prison who refused to have sex with him. What? And he was seriously injured. But they had nothing to do with his death. Later, he died of tuberculosis. Well, I just boring. thought that was like a fun little tidbit. Uh, he fun. Died, <laughs> he died alone and hated in a hospital in Karoo. Is that how you say it? In May 1920. I don't know. So he lived for a while. 1920. Yeah, that is. A, I mean, back then. Like, yeah. He's, I mean, he's probably old. Correct. So those of you who may be interested... If the death penalty, I wanted to know, like, so what happened with the death penalty in France? Okay. So it wasn't until December 9, December 20th, 1985, that France ratified their additional protocol number six in the European Convention to safeguard human rights and fundamental liberties. This prevented France from reestablishing the death penalty except in times of war or by denouncing the convention. Do you know what else happened in 1985? You were born. born. I don't want to say that you were a beacon of peace I for was. France. I brought light into You're the- not not. <laughs> I brought life into the French community. Then, in February 19th of 2007, the Congress of French Parliament voted overwhelmingly for a modification to the Constitution stating that no one can be sentenced to the death penalty, not even war or whatever else. What? How do you feel so, about that? I was going to ask you, like, what are your thoughts on the death penalty? I think purely from a financial perspective, I think it's not feasible. That's what I said. It's cheaper to keep people alive in jail for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Also, the amount of people who are found to be innocent. Sure. Is wild. Those, I mean, I can't even, speaking of which, did you see that Curtis Flowers was on 60 Minutes this past (gasps) weekend? He was? Yeah, I think it was 60 Minutes. Maybe that's another case we'll cover, but everyone should look into the Curtis Flowers case. Yeah. Anyways. I mean, the amount of people that are wrongfully convicted. Right. And that go on death row like that one that was uh but he wasn't wrongfully convicted like that teenage well he was teenage teenager when he committed the crime but he was a driver for a robbery where the a cop was killed and he was 17 years old no like i get it right felony murder you don't think that guy could have changed his life in prison I i don't know i just i'm not a proponent of the death penalty i think there are people that deserve to die when they commit heinous crimes but I just don't think it's financially feasible. Right. And. Right. Yeah. I think it's a waste of money. Right. I agree. But then it's so hard for me because then I think about other people who've like committed really heinous crimes and it's like, oh, and now they're in jail, but they're married and they have conjugal visits and they do this and they do that. Like, you know what I mean? And it's like, fuck you. Or like people like Timothy McVeigh that convicted mass 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 murder. murder. Well, that's an act of terrorism. Yeah. It was a domestic act of terrorism. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. I struggle, but at the same, I think I'm more a proponent against it than for it. For it. Yeah, for sure. God, it makes sense again. I know. It just makes sense. It just makes sense. It just makes sense. We really need to have someone on that disagrees with us. I know. (laughs) Well, guys, if you want to be a guest, let us know. We are looking for guests. We are looking for guests. For episode 25. I know. It's it's right around the corner. 
So let us know what you think. Are you for? Are you against? What did you think of this case? Did you think it was bullshit that Albert never died of the death penalty? Because I do. Should he have had his head chopped off? Should he have been sent to the guillotine? Let us know. You can find us. Oh my God. Also, I changed my Instagram name. I so saw that. This is a big moment. I'm no longer at underscore Bibles and Books underscore because I found the underscores to be annoying and it wasn't really me. No. No, now it's at WW Sam and the Buff. Why, why do you think it's changed? Why a new persona for 2021? I just was feeling it. I wasn't feeling Bibles and Books anymore. Yeah. You I just couldn't like keep up with your, as much. You can't keep I up with your book stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. Oh, speaking of books, I started reading President Obama's book. Good? Bad? Uh, I like it so far. I'm about 50... Dry? No, actually, it's surprisingly not. um, I am about 50 pages in. It reads more like fiction than nonfiction. It's more of a story. Oh, okay. In my opinion, at least. Yeah. In comparison to some of the other political books that I've read. But it's over 700 pages. No, thank you. Tell Uh, me. I mean, I would be fine with that. I mean, that's nothing for you, but I'll probably be reading it (laughs) in June. I'm, so check back in when the next, this called when the the next Love, volume comes right? out. I finished this book called The Lovely Wife. I should start talking about like true crime ones on our podcast because mm-hmm. this is a fictional book, but it's about, and it's right away, you know, it's about a couple who are serial killers. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's really interesting. And like what it does to their kids, like it's like wild. Okay, so give us your Instagram handle again. So now it's at www.samintheBuff. Oh, www for... Weight, Weight Watchers. Watchers. I mean, formerly Weight Watchers. Now, just WW. Mm, it's still Weight Watchers. They don't go by that. I understand that. <laughs> but everyone knows that. Wellness that works, Jeffrey. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. Anyways, what is yours? At Jeff Seif with one F on Twitter. Follow me. And follow us at the podcast at It Just Makes Sense Podcast on Instagram. And you can also join our Facebook discussion group on Facebook, It Just Makes Sense Discussion Group. Subscribe, please. Rate us. Oh, my God. Please rate and subscribe us. We might do a raffle. So if you rate and subscribe, you could win big. Look for some merch coming out. Okay, that's never happening. So. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I look forward to next week. It's going to be a wild one. I'm not giving away any hints, but you're going to want to listen in. They want to listen to in anyways. I know. All right. Have a good week, guys. Bye. Bye.